episode, the free, I want to say. I don't know why the little voice cracked there. Um, <laughs> FTTTV. I'm getting it first time every time now. Uh, me and Mike, once again, a weekend of football. Uh, lots of goals, lots of entertainment, um, lots of incredibly poor VAR decisions. Uh, but also we get into that time of year where the transfer rumours are really starting to appear, which is all good fun for everyone. Um, West Ham have already been linked with 874 strikers that nobody has heard of. Um, that is breaking news. Uh, but without delaying any longer, I think we should get into a little bit of Goal of the Week. Over to you, Mr. Hawes. You keep saying that the the VAR one is your favourite intro. That is mine, just because it's musical. I absolutely love that. I, that's the one I look forward I've to got, every week. I've got the vocal cords of an angel that's done <laughs> about eight tonne of meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, cracking so goals. Looking, yeah, so just looking back at last week's results, we run a poll on Twitter... If you check out underneath, we have our uh, Twitter handles underneath us. You'll see that we run a weekly poll. Yep. Uh, last week's winner was Jesse Lingard with 50% of the votes. Um, to be fair, it was a cracking goal. Definitely deserved it. And that was um, that was last week's. However, moving on to this week's, um, we were just mentioning that there, were, there have been some absolutely fantastic goals this week. And it's actually been hard for a change mm. to whittle them down into the, the four. Um, my thoughts, uh, obviously, these are open to uh, debate. Like I said, follow us on uh, Twitter. You'll be able to discuss uh, or, or leave your comments in the uh, in the comment section yeah of this video yeah and we'll also um what what we'll, 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 sorry let's say we'll add is the west brom southampton game and the everton fulham game which is on later ton tonight monday this is recorded on monday come out on a tuesday um will be included in next week's if they are they're any good girls talkers but <laughs> we know we know they're in this round of fixtures but just through logistics of things, they will be included yep. in next week. If you go and what are still games to play? Yes, there is. We know. Yep. Right. Nicely covered. Nicely covered. Um, so we've got Dallas for Leeds. Yes. Um, thought it was a brilliant goal. Um, lovely through ball. In fact, there was there was a lot of similarities, and this is possibly why I'm, I picked this one because there were similarities to Lacazette's second goal uh, to that goal, and I thought that was a good goal. Um, Jared Bowen for West Ham. I know um, we were having discussions and uh, you personally thought that uh, Lingard's goal was better or his, certainly his first goal was better. Um, I I think it, it, I, if, since it's not on the list, it, it, it's an honourable mention this week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Um, but for me personally, I thought Jared Bowen's goal was a lot better. Um, Ian Acho's first goal yep. was an absolute corker and Lacazette, his first goal was <laughs> in fact both his goals are fantastic but i'm only gonna have one in there because i'm gonna be and an honorable mention <laughs> yes yeah um, so like i said it's first goal um there was very much the the similarities between um jack wilshire's goal against norwich 
when there was, I think, Thomas Rosinski, um, Jack Wilshere, Olivier Giroud, all tiki-taka, one touch passing, and very similar to that goal. So that was a, a superb And goal. I believe that so, goal won goal of the season, did it not? It did, right on the last day of the season. There you go, mind, mindful of useless information. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yes, if you head over to our Twitter polls, again, you'll see our Goal of the Week competition. Cast your vote there. Um, and, yeah, we'll announce the, the winner of the Goal of the Week next week. Very, very good. Um, there are some honourable mentions, other ones Ooh, that I just on. wanted to mention as well. Um, I have to say it, and this isn't just because they beat our Albert rivals, but I think all of Manchester United's goals yesterday were actually really good as well. Um, Cavani, his his header was fantastic. Fred, it was just a good team uh, team goal, and uh, Greenwood. Well, the first one that got this, the first one that got disallowed was a good goal as well. Just that 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 pinpoint timing of the run. I know Cavani yeah. is uh, is getting on a bit, and maybe he hasn't got the legs to play thirty eight games a season for ninety minutes. But there's no doubt in his his ability to uh, to be in the right space at the right time, making the right runs, he's is mm. still up there with with some of the the best in the world. Absolutely, would have been nice if they'd signed him five years ago, rather than mm-hmm. going to PSG. But can't have everything, can we? Nope, we can't have everything, and that leads us very nicely on to. Our next section, which is one good, one bad. Um, so, do you want to go first or second? You can go first because chronological. Okay, so one good for me. Jesse Lingard is still on fire. He's still well. He is the most informed Premier League player at the moment. He has scored and assisted the most goals since signing for us um, and just looks amazing all round. If he's not in the uh, the Euro squad, then Gareth Southgate needs to uh, have his head taken off at the Tower of London, put on a pike, because that's just, uh, would be a stupid thing. Um, my one bad is in fact, um, Aaron Cresswell come off with what looked like a hamstring injury. So, it's a big loss. He's the defender that's had the most involvement in goals this season um, and is a set-piece taker and the balls that he puts up going forward are very good. Uh, but also he, he gives us a lot of defensive cover when the likes of Masuaku is um, wandering up the pitch. So that's, that, that's a, a loss for us. I was going to go with we, we threw away another three-goal lead, but we still come away with three points. So doesn't really matter it's it's a bit of squeaky bum time for the neutral i think they're just doing it to uh give people a bit of exactly yeah you don't want to see west ham smashing everyone three nil every week do we who wants to see that (laughs) that wouldn't be the west ham way would it so yeah but i think chris will is a bigger loss than conceding two goals when maybe we shouldn't have uh but yeah that's my one good one bad and that actually kind of uh, answers one of the questions what I was just about to ask you, that this is the third game on the bounce that we've seen West Ham throw away uh, a three-goal cushion. Mm-hmm. Um, are you worried or not worried? I'm a West Ham fan. I live in a state of worry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes, it's, it's a shame to see that we've thrown away another 3-0 lead. I mean, I did, I did say about it last week of maybe it's unknown territory for the players. 
so that makes it a little bit more difficult to deal with but when you look at the teams we've been playing arsenal okay yes he was out of form but when you on, on paper when you compare the two squads you should have been winning that game um wolves last are always a second half team they have been since they've been back in the premier league they haven't been the same without Jimenez, um, but they are still got some. They have still got some very dangerous players in there. So, all right, yes, they're not again in form, but but they're a strong squad. I would usually be viewing them and going, they're going to be top half. And then Leicester, who haven't been out of the top four all season, so they they are bona fide a big a big club now big like top six club you they, they're certainly getting that conversation um so when you look at the, the the caliber of the opposition then sort of justified as as the weeks go on i, I would say um is something that maybe we need to work on concentrating right till the end uh, but we've also lost we've, we've got Ogbonner out we've got Declan Rice out two big defensive players that are missing from that that armor at the back so it's concerning but not so much i i think caliber of of people and players being out is why we're conceding like that cool yeah sorry that's it yeah that's that's (laughs) that's it um yeah so uh that leads us on to nicely your game yes Arsenal versus Sheffield United or Sheffield United versus Arsenal depending on which way that you want to look at it mm-hmm. um, a game that when we were discussing the the predictions last week it was a game I wasn't too confident on and to be honest I think I was just having a bit of a strop with um, how well we'd or how well we hadn't been playing uh, at that particular point it turns out it was a very comfortable win for us uh, as I've done as I said in my preview I I do think I did think that we were going to win that game again. I did think that we would see changes. Um, we did have uh, a few players out. Emil Smith Rowe uh, was out again. Martin Erdegaard has been out. Um, so um, there were changes that were required, and I think we actually got the balance quite right for for this particular game. We did see Granit Xhaka in at left back, uh, Bukayo Saka. Um, in the the kind of number ten position, which was weird, but also I thought it was brilliant. Um, Danny Tobias back into the squad actually had a really good game. Uh, Lacazette had a really good game. Martinelli actually got a start, which was fantastic. Um, so for for my one good, it was very difficult in order to to kind of pin something down. Um, I'm going to go for this purely just because it is a bit of a landmark, but Lacazette getting his 50th goal for Arsenal um, takes him as the highest scorer in the Premier League this season. So well done to Alex Lacazette. Um, I just hope he does continue to get a run of form or run of games uh, to continue his form. Obviously, we've got the second round of the Europa League this week, and it's vital that he is on point at that game um to uh to hopefully see us through into the next round into the semis one bad Bukai Saka got injured we managed to keep a clean sheet for the first time in 15 games I think it was um but I think with the the way that he has been this season he's been absolutely instrumental could be something as simple as a dead leg however um we don't know until 
possibly later on this week, the extent of the damage. So, yeah, that is uh, that is my one good and one bad. Very, very good. And with your one bad there, you did go on to the fact of saying that you won't, we won't find out the extent of the injury until the end of the week, quite possibly. Do you think that's saying Arteta will try and keep under wraps or try and put out that he's injured? So then when if he is fit and ready to play against Fulham, what a surprise. You've got one of your best young players who arguably kept you in the position that you are this season, eligible to play where Fulham are not prepared for him. Uh, quite possibly. Um, but I, it's it's one of those things at the moment. I don't think you can keep anything in the media. It's it's so difficult. You've got so many leaks at the club. You've got the press conferences and all that sort of stuff. And I know there is that line, isn't there, where it's oh, we can, we'll have to continually assess them before the, the fixture. Um, <clears throat> I do think Thursday might be too short for him. But again, if it's just a dead leg, there is a possibility he might be back for both games. So, yeah, um, yeah and if, if it is something a bit more substantial than a dead leg, um, it's it's possibly that we will hear one of the the usual. He's continually being assessed. Um, yeah, unless unless you have something like your your Martin Erdegaard or your David Louise, where they've actually had like surgery or something like that, then it's one of those ones you have to kind of be open and honest about. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And and the other question, obviously, we've we've seen Martinelli getting more game time recently, coming back from a, a lengthy spell on the sidelines. Does does Saka's um, untimely injury, you could say, mean that there could be a starting spot open for him, being as when he has come on, he has been very exciting going forward and and driving that attack and making you look a little bit more dangerous than you have been? Yeah, that's that's one of the things that we've been lacking, certainly over the last few weeks. I mean, there are certain players that I mentioned in the last couple of videos that I think need to be dropped. And through, I'm not sure if if it's a coincidence or whether they genuinely are, but uh, Abamyang didn't play at the weekend because of sickness. Personally, I think it's just a bit of a ploy because personally, I think we should have won that game regardless whether he was in the team anyway, and we did. Uh, I think just based on Sheffield United's form, so there is a possibility that he was just being rested for the game against um, Slavia Prague. Mm -hmm. That we've got, so it's a, a massive game uh, the weekend. Uh, sorry, on Thursday. On Thursday, yeah. But there is a possibility we may see the likes of Martinelli and Abamyang starting that game. I, I think it would be stupid for Lacazette to be dropped. Yep. Uh, pers personally, I would put Martinelli on the right and Abamyang on the left mm -hmm. for this particular game. Um, but you just don't know what's going to happen no. if he is genuinely ill, whether he's going to be fit or not. But um, Pepe, I thought was okay. Willian was a bit quiet when he came on, but again, he's been hit and miss all season. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there is a possibility that he he does have that kind of potential to start, but I think it it very much depends on who's available. Yeah, and and at the time. one and last final question. You covered it a little bit there uh, a few weeks ago. We saw Aubameyang dropped for being late. Uh, he didn't play the weekend through illness. Um, on both occasions, Arsenal have looked a lot more dangerous, a lot more uh, consistent. Um, so is it time to drop him completely for the next three or four weeks? See what happens. Three or four weeks, I think, might be a, a little bit. But 
at the same time. Because I mean, he he is the second top scorer this season. Yep. And I know that's kind of a bit clouded from the fact that I think him and Lacazette both got 15 or 14 goals this season. So that's 30 goals between them. Um, but I think it's just on the on the overall that his performances, I'd say in general, have been on the most part poor. I personally would drop him for the next couple of games. Maybe maybe not so much the uh, the, the Europa League. The because League. For, for me, I think um, if, we, if we start with, on paper, our strongest lineup possible, and then if nothing's happening after about 60 minutes, because one of the things that we have seen recently are the changes being made potentially too late, so there's not enough time to impact yep. the game. However, um, I would start with Aubameyang, uh, and if nothing happens after about 60, 65 minutes, then make the change. Give them 25, 30 minutes, including injury time, to to kind of impact that game. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. So that's what I would do. That's make perfect sense. Um, and obviously in our games, uh, we did see one ruled off by VAR for offside, rightly so. Um but was there any VAR controversy in the Arsenal Sheffield United game? Not that I can remember. I actually think it was a really well officiated game, which makes a nice change. Um, I've got to be honest, when I saw the referee, I was like, who the hell are you? Um, I didn't recognise him at all. And I thought, oh my God, is he going to be some absolute pleb? But I think he officiated the game really well between the two teams, which well, makes a nice change. In that case, then. Then we're calling for it here first. Plebs to referee <laughs> Premier League games. Because um, <laughs> they do a good job. But there has been some big, big controversies this week. Um, so, Michael, over to you. <laughs> no headphone warning this week. <laughs> oh, my oh, my Lord. <laughs> Go big or go home. Um, but I think we should start off with uh, Manchester United Tottenham. Hmm. Son rolled round like he'd been shot after a turn from McTominay. Uh, a, a hand brushed his face very softly like you might see in a Renaissance painting. Um, yeah. Was it a foul? Was it not? In your opinion? Well, <laughs> In my opinion, if we go back to an earlier decision in the season where you see Sadio Mane nearly take off Kieran Tierney's head, yes, um, and and not get anything, then um, then it shouldn't have been a foul uh, because that wasn't a foul and that was the slightest of taps. Correct. Sorry, I've got I've got this guitar lead. <laughs> no, it's fine. So so essentially, uh, what Mike's saying is that VAR. Is once again been applied inconsistently. Yes, that's um, exactly what I'm saying. I think you have to look at the situation on the pitch. Was there intent behind it? No. Was both players on the run and turning at speed? Yes. Was there a very harsh contact? No. Son will probably disagree, saying he got like a clothesline from the WWE, but that's not right. I know. I know it was WrestleMania the other day. But Son, you're in the Premier League. Get on with it, Son. Get on with it, Son. Ah, missed missed the pun there, didn't I? Missed missed the opportunity. Um, but yeah, so it's disappointing that it's it's been given as a foul because I think that encourages going down of the at the lightest contact. 
Um, but in a, a roundabout way that we discussed just before we started recording, it didn't have a bearing effect on the result, um, which is very good. So yes. if, if it had caused Tottenham to win, then I think you have to go down the lines of that's a blatant cheat. Some people will still do that, but it's they've still come up uh, a loss. So is that punishment enough? Um, the other one, which has only just happened in the West Brom game, which is currently ongoing, um, is West Brom scored a goal which was ruled out. A cross come in, two players for West Brom are standing near it. Uh, one is onside very clearly, one is offside. The onside player scores the goal with a header. The offside player does not interfere with play um, and does not block the goalkeeper's line. So he's not off, so he shouldn't be given as offside. VAR reviewed it because the line no flag for it, quite rightly so from his position, it would have been very hard to see who, which one it was that was offside because they're both standing very close. VAR, you can quite clearly see that both feet are quite a way on, on side uh, from a number of angles which they showed. It's quite clearly on side, but from the angle that they draw their lines from, they said they can't definitively say that his shoulders weren't offside, but unless he was leaning backwards at some shonky degree, um, which he wasn't, because you could see that from all the other angles, then it should have been given as a goal. Um, their answer a few minutes later was that they can't draw definitive lines through other players, so therefore they can't see clearly and have to go with the on-field decision. Um, pundits were... Jamie Carrico sort of played devil's advocate with saying you can't see about the shoulders at half-time. Um, but the the commentators and everyone else were saying this is ridiculous. It's here to sort these issues. And once again, it has categorically failed. Um, I think you've, you've just said something there that I just want to touch on. Is that... They were saying that the from from different angles you could see that the player's on side. Yes. So why can't well, I suppose it comes from a, a drawing perspective, as as they've said. However, but if if you can see from one side that they are on side, then just ignore that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, and this is why it's categorically fouled, Mike, because you can quite clearly see from several other angles, and from the angle that was shown on TV originally. That it was not offside. The angle that they draw the lines from, you couldn't see the full player clearly because there's a player standing in front of him. The fact that his feet are a foot and a half to his right, making them onside because they were kicking from right to left, um, and he was leaning forward and to the right, means that his body is going away from the goal, not towards the goal. So there is no way, unless He's got 96 five-foot shoulders, um, and he's built like a Vauxhall Corsa, that he can be offside. Um, again, I don't know what the score is currently. Uh, West Brom are winning 3-0, um, 87th minute currently. So it's not, um, it's not been a ruling factor in the game, but it could have been. Yes. Uh, and the fact that West Brom are playing very, very well at the minute, um, they have got eight cup finals left or seven now, um, but, but Newcastle and Brighton are, are well on the hunt of Fulham and West Brom. 
So it could be a big difference because there is only like eight points between them. So sorry, pardon me. Yeah. I just out of curiosity, I just want to check the table. <clears throat> yep. So they Bright, are... Brighton and Newcastle are currently sitting just outside the relegation zone. Uh, Fulham are on thirty. No, they're not. Fulham 26 are six points. Twenty six points, and West Brom are on twenty five. I want to say after a victory. 24. Oh, Vic, oh, 24 points after victory today i think um so they they are brighton and newcastle the fact that brighton are playing net, uh, in a minute it is bright bright at everton um the fact that they're playing now if that if everton win that then it puts brighton in contention as well but but i, I think it's, it's newcastle and brighton to lose because at the minute at, the, at those five teams at the bottom fulham and west brom are the informed teams so it could be. Could we see a double lucky like last minute escape? Could be I was literally just about to ask that question because I think you said it a couple of weeks ago. Do I think you asked me the question? Do I think that this could be the first season that Allardyce is relegated? Personally, yes. I mm. that my answer still stands. I think it's a too little, too late, possibly. But um, it's football at the end of the day. Anything can happen until it's mathematically yeah. Minutes. So until it's mathematically impossible, it's still possible. The mm. fact, that, the fact that I do think West Brom are playing. When when you look at how they played against Chelsea, and how they've played against Southampton, if they'd played like that all season, there is no way they would have been relegated. I just think it. The players have taken too long to become receptive to what Allardyce is doing. Yeah. Um. And say if if they'd done it. Even five games ago, there's still lots of points. I mean, there's still 27 points up for grabs. No, there's not. That's there's that was seven games. 21 points up for grabs, yeah. I want to say. So so there, there is still a lot of points there to, to play with, and they have to keep playing like they are. Um, I would like to see them get out of it. I would like to see a full season of West Brom under Allardyce, given some backing, because say, they, they, did, they did sign players that they had on loan previously so they they didn't make the investment and the owners want to make an investment so to to let him get in a couple of solid defenders in mm. um and 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 then they continue to play how they are because they've got some skillful and, and, and some quick players i think next season they could be quite interesting they could be that that sort of team we you know you used to like your burnley now you used to have your stoke you go oh this is a difficult game you know what you're yep. going to get but with the the skill and the trickery, I think you're more likely to see uh, the likes of a Bolton under um, Allardyce with your skillful players, a bit like your JJ Okochas. When when they did amaze people at, at points, wasn't always the best, but they did have the ability to go to wow everyone in the stadium. Um, if they go down, I think they'll lose a lot of that squad because there are there are certain players that are are good. Matthias Pereira being one of them, I, I really like him. He's he's quality. Ivanovic may be a little bit past it, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows indeed? Right, but there is someone I do know that knows, uh, and that is you, and you know the points. So, Coa, give us a, a a drum roll. Uh, Brace yourself. Come on, a big scoring week here. Oh, massive. 
Massive. So West Ham lead. Um, West Ham leads. West Ham Leicester. You had two two. I had one two. So Leicester to win two one. Obviously, we know the score. It was three two. So no points there. Yep. <clears throat> Sheffield United versus Arsenal. You had one nil to uh, Sheffield United. I had a draw at one one. The score was three nil to Arsenal. So no points there. Uh, so in grand total, we have no points for this week. And the scores remain unchanged. In you are on 46, I am on 49. Well, here's the thing, right? This is why we're not psychics. We haven't got a crystal ball. Um, I have. Well, all right, you have, but you're not using it right. (laughs) No, that's because I can't see it. You need to rub it in a clockwise direction, uh, uh, (laughs) 96 degree angle. Um, (laughs) But we're, we're, we're made predicts, we're having fun doing it. Um, we've got some good results over uh, throughout the season. It's just the end of the season. We've maybe not got the uh, the fight for a relegation battle to get these results right. But we have got two more games. There's always two more games. There's always there two is. more games. Um, we've got West Ham or Newcastle, West Ham, and Arsenal, Fulham. Yep. So, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I will go. F- First on this one. Go for it. Just because I can. Arsenal versus Fulham, we are at home. We have picked up a bit of momentum, I think, hopefully, after the game against Sheffield United. Uh, Fulham have also picked up a bit of form recently. Granted, their results have been hit and miss. However, they have had quite a few good spells during mm-hmm. games, shall we say. Um Obviously, we do have the Europa League on Thursday. Uh, we don't really tend to travel well, or we don't really tend to do well after the, the Europa League games. However, I do feel a bit more comfortable seeing a performance that was put out yesterday, and I would hope to see some similar players or similar setup to the game against Fulham, obviously injury permitting, uh, on Sunday. Therefore, I am going to go with a similar score line to what we saw. However, I do think that we will make a silly defensive mistake and I'm going to go for Arsenal 3, Fulham 1. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I have, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. You're, I want to say you're at home because that's what I've written it down as. I'm going to go 2-1 to Fulham. Um, okay. And the reason I say that is, so you've got a game in midweek, which is going to be a tough slog and you have to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, <laughs> you went flying off the camera there, mate. Uh, that's, that, that's that's really that's really shook me up. That is uh, coming out of nowhere. Um, you've got a very difficult game coming up against Slavia Prague, uh, which you have to win. I do think you're going to go back to playing the older players. I think we're going to see William. We're going to see Abamyang, um, and we're going to see those players who have been really lackluster this season um and and they're the reasons why you are down where you are and i just feel fulham have got everything to fight for especially if, as i said if, if brighton lose tonight then that's that is almost um it, it, it's got to be a an incentive for fulham who we have seen recently playing better they're still not great but they're much better than they were and they are fighting mm-hmm. And I think when it gets to a scrappy game, then, then that's where you're going to lose. 
and I just feel like the the travelling, the the midweek game playing the informed players to make sure you win that, trying to fall back on, I mean, the best players. He says in air quotes the best players. I just I just see it as another potential banana skin for Arsenal. I really do. I really do. I hope I hope part of me wants you to win because you've got some players that I like watching. But in the same breath, if you're not in any European competition, maybe we could poach some. I mean, <laughs> we are going to be a Champions League club. And so, you are fucking massive. And we are massive, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's strange because... Mm. Now, I'm going on a tangent now. I knew it was going to happen at some point. There are, a, <laughs> there are a number of players in the Premier League which I really enjoy watching at the moment. Um, and lots of them play for clubs you go, you shouldn't enjoy watching them. As domestic rivals we... Rivals we? Rivals... I can't even speak. <laughs> As domestic rivalry go... I don't know if I said it right. I'm going with it. You should be going, oh, I hate, I hate, I hate that player. Domestic rivalries. That's the one. Um, but yeah, likes of Mason Mount. I enjoy watching him play as a football. I did at Derby. Um, Billy Gilmore, another one for Chelsea. I enjoy watching. I like Mill Smith Rowe. I like Saka. I like Martinelli. Um, I, I mean, obviously, being friends with, with you guys um, over a number of years, we've been out and, and watching Arsenal games as well. They are sort of like a, a second team, I, I, I would say. Like if, if they are playing, part of me always wants them to lose just because it's funny to take the piss. But there are a number of players who I like that play for Arsenal. Um, similar, similarly, Phil Foden for Manchester City. I think he's a cracking player to watch. Um, I mean, I like watching Mo Salah for Liverpool, but I like him in the uh, the, the British diving competitions rather than the Premier League. Um, you know, and as things go, I shouldn't like watching these players. I shouldn't go, oh, actually, cracking player. I like watching him. Shouldn't It shouldn't be happening. Mm. Shouldn't be happening, but let's get back to the let's get back to the predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, tangent. Um, Newcastle, West Ham. First time we played Newcastle this season. A bit like when you played Fulham, you demolished them. Uh, West Ham players were having a standing protest over the sale of Grady Dan Garner, who has not exactly pulled up trees at West Brom. Not always his fault though, or completely his fault. I don't think. Um, we're in much better form as a club uh, and we're in a much better mental state as a club. Um, so I do think we're going to we're gonna go ahead and win this game. I, I know I said Antonio is still going to be out. Rice is still going to be out. Looks like Cresswell is going to be out. But Ogbonna, big Ogbonna with his dives like a salmon and his big head, is he's back in training. So we've still got a good defender to come in and cover. I don't want Balwainer playing because he, I think, partly the reason that we conceded two and was very squeaky bum at the end of the last game. Um, but I, I still think we can get a result because St Maximum is the only game changer in, in that Newcastle squad. And again, it's another player I like watching. Don't tell West Ham fans this this week because we're playing them. But I like watching him play. Um, but yeah, I can see Lingard scoring again. He he's in, he's he is, he's on fire, he's on fire. He was taking painkillers for something, and his hands wrapped up. So I hope it's for his hand and not for anything more serious. Um, but 
I think we're going to go out and we're going to score another three. But we are going to make mistakes when they bring on to Maxman and Wilson. Because Wilson likes a goal against us. And we're going to concede another two. So I think we're going to go 3-2 again this week. But we're still going to win. We're still going to win. Hide you down as the 3-1. Oh, 3-1. Go on in. Give, 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 give us your thoughts. Give us your thoughts. Um, to be honest, mate, there's not really much more just said i've gone for the same result um but just a different scoreline so i think possibly with the the injuries as you just mentioned um <clears throat> 2 one. Two one to west ham yeah two one to west ham i don't think there's anything to said uh so yeah two one very good dan there's points involved very good and the fact that if you want to know more about, obviously, these upcoming games, then we will have uh, some match previews coming out uh, next couple of days. So get on on, find out, enjoy it to your heart's content, and make sure you've pressed that subscribe button. Just down below, press it. You need to press Give it. Give us a like as well. And, and if, like. Only if you have enjoyed it. Yeah. If not, then just press the subscribe. Oh. It's, uh, and, <laughs> and then bugger off. Um, Right, any other business? Um, just what I just wanted to touch on rumors that I've heard recently, just in relation to transfers. Yes. Um, as you said, we're we're getting towards the end of this. Um, and there was one that I have, or in fact two, that I just wanted to mention. So we spoke a couple of weeks ago about a certain young academy lad for us by the name of Balogun, um, talking about him potentially off of the season. Yes. We have heard rumours very recently that he has decided that he wants to commit his future to the club. Okay. Um, so good. he is a contract that we should see over the next couple of weeks. And I think next season is the the, se the season that's going to define him. Um, I don't think we'll see m a, much part of him for the remainder of this season. However, I would expect for him to be signing a new contract would mean that he has been given some guarantees or some promises yep. um, for more first-team football, whether that be in the League Cup, uh, the the FA Cup, who knows. But So, yeah, that was that. And I just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, obviously, Sergio Aguero yes. is uh, leaving Manchester United, uh, Manchester City excuse me, yep. at the end of the season. Um, obviously, there are the links that Arteta has with Manchester City. And I've heard very strong rumours that potentially Aguero could be coming to Arsenal. A, do you think that's likely? And B, do you think that's a good signing for us? Um, a, who knows? With this current climate, it'll be on a free transfer. So in that sense, it would make sense. He is a proven goal scorer. He has the best goals to minutes ratio ever in the Premier League. Um, he is a proven goal scorer. He, he 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 still scores now. He's not playing as much, and he he's been hampered by injuries this season. Um, it, it's it goes back to something I referred to um, earlier in the season when you signed a Willian and you signed a Bamiang. Will Arsenal learn from their mistakes? And in this case, I think possibly not. I can, if you was to sign Aguero, you would probably go. It's a one-year contract with the option of another year. And it's £100,000 a week. Decent money. Not what he's on, but decent money. He's not going to be playing every game. Um, and if his injuries are really bad or he doesn't perform, uh, then you haven't, 
you're under no obligation. However, as Premier League players and proven goal scorers have seen Arsenal as a retirement place, um, will Arsenal offer him a contract? Yes, but I think it will be on the likes of £250,000 a week. And I think it will be on the likes of, oh, come for three or four years, or three years with the option of an extra year. And I just don't think they will learn from their mistakes. Um, I, I do think he's, he's still got quality. There's no doubt about that. He's still got the quality. But it's also another potential bad signing. Sign him on big contracts and it goes wrong. He's stuck because his resale value is a million, maybe two tops because of his age. He's, yep. over, he's 30, 30, what, 32 now? So, yeah, he's not got long left. I, I think we're more likely to see him go back to Atletico Madrid or possibly uh, back to Argentina. But I think Atletico Madrid's probably the most likely destination we're going to see mm. him go. Um, but that brings us on to one Mr. Harland. Now, I know I joked beforehand that he said he wants to go to a Champions League club if he moves at all. Surely we've got to throw our, our name in the hat. It's got to be done. He, he ticks all the boxes. He can score goals. He's quick, he's strong, and he is sarcastic as fuck. He fits all the bills for being a West Ham player. Um, and then if we did sign him, we'll win the Premier League next year. Just Mike. Oh, you sign him, wouldn't you? The champions. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think even as a joke, we've got to throw our name in the hat. Um, I know he's he, he's been linked, hasn't he, with uh, Riola, who is the man uh, likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar, Pogba. He's got all the big names, um, and he's come out and said he's going to try his best to make him the first million pound a week player. Uh, oh, it's all kicking off. Sorry about that. It's, uh, not happy about that. No, I wouldn't <laughs> be too million pound a week. Um, yeah, so. Realistically, when we look at clubs around the world, who could afford a million pounds a week? There's three. Real Madrid, who are state-sponsored. Um, haven't been called out for corruption yet, but I'm sure that, that once Bar if, if Barcelona get um, get penalties, then uh, from or, or get found out, then they will throw shade at Real Madrid. PSG, Qatari-backed, but I'm sure at some point someone will have to look into to that through financial fair play but all the rules have now changed to benefit these big clubs even more so they're one uh manchester city is another again uh what a saudi backed team um and the other one which people have, have, have neglected against he has got the money will he put it in chelsea abramovich has got the money to pay that there's no mm -hmm. questioning that and he likes a goal scorer could we see him going to chelsea get rid of Werner. Put him yeah. in at Chelsea. Um, we've started to see like the best of Havertz. He, he played really well. Hudson Adoy is playing well. Mount's playing well. It's a young team. You put Haaland at the top of that and give them four years, they're winning everything every year. Mm -hmm. there's, there's no doubt about it. But I, I think that's the big one to watch, Haaland. Um, Sancho's had a bit of a shit season, really, isn't he? A uh, £100 million move. I, I don't think Manchester United will be prepared to pay that anymore. Yeah. Um I mean, we've been linked with, uh, we were in January as well, uh, especially because we've got this sort of official, unofficial link with Slavia Prague now. Um, 
Simmer. He, he's played decently in the Europa League. Um, is he Premier League quality? I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him. Um, if if Suchek and Sufau say that if he works as hard as either of them, then sign him up. Uh, I don't know what they've have to say about him. If I'm totally honest, um, but if they if they give him glowing reviews, then they are the two hardest working players in that West Ham team. Then then go with their recommendation. So, but I have got a question for you. We okay. saw we saw a big play on what well, say big play. We saw a big money move for Nathan Aki from Bournemouth. Right? Uh went to Manchester City, hasn't played a lot of football this year. However, when he has played, Manchester City's win record is not overly fantastic. Um having been dominant for a number of weeks at the trot now, having made Leicester look like they were playing in the fourth tier of football. Nathan Aki come in for Ruben Diaz this week. Um and City lose to Leeds. Is that the end of Aki's career? Is that one of those they've gone, we've made a £40 million mistake here, and he will be shipped off to an Everton or a West Ham or a Leicester in the summer to try and recoup some of that cost? Uh, it's a very difficult one. I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the end of his career. Well, at, at City, not, not uh, overall. No, 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 sorry. I, I know where you were yeah. getting at. I know I didn't... I, what I was actually going to elaborate on to is just to say potentially maybe we'll see another half of the season for him potentially, and then if there's no improvement, then off to then off in January. Yep, that makes Sweet. sense. Makes um, sense. Yeah, it's a shame because I mean uh, he looked he looked quality at the few games we see him play at Chelsea. He went to Bournemouth and was their best player, um, but is that a bit of a case? And some people are going to hate me for saying this. He was a big fish in a little pond at Bournemouth. Is that going to be the same as when Tottenham don't get Champions League football and Harry Kane moves? Is he a big fish in a little pond? Potentially. I mean, there's there's been quite a few confirmers that if if Spurs don't make Champions League football, then he will be moving or requesting to move elsewhere. Hmm. To be honest, I think for for... I know it's easy for me to say this being an Arsenal fan, but for for footballers, your time is short. You're you're going to be remembered for what you've won. Granted, if if you've got the accolades of top goal scorer or, or something like that, then that's that's something. However, you want to be remembered for more than just an Audi Cup win and the club's record goal scorer. Um, you want to go off. You want to be able to to have your your premiership medals you want to have your champions league medals you want to have your europa league medals you want to have the fa cups you want to have league cups i know they're, they're still in the league cup and obviously one of those things you actually mentioned at the start of the year is that you still think that <clears throat> jose Mourinho will win something with spurs this season yep. personally i think it's a tall order against the, the way that Manchester City have been this uh, or so far this season. Granted, they were a bit ropey to, towards the start. However, I think that was like their first loss in 28 games or something stupid. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's it's very difficult, but I, I do think that he will be off. I've got to be honest. 
and, feel he will be off. And with, with him being off, I, I know a number of, of Tottenham fans have said to me their, their biggest concern is that he will be off. I know Daniel Levy said under no circumstances he leaving. However, you do that and he decides to down tools. You've then got a big wage bill player wanting to leave, <laughs> not, not putting in the effort, and then his transfer value goes through the floor. Uh, but with Mbappe, Real Madrid saying we want to sign Mbappe, uh, Neymar's only got a year left on his contract. We see him going somewhere else uh, on a big money move. Haaland going. There's lots. West Ham. Yeah. Well, you think there's a lot. There's, there's young players. So, so Real Madrid probably rules that out if they go for Mbappe. If City go for Haaland, um, then that moves that out. Will he want to go to Paris um, and, and play in a mediocre team there? Will he go to a, a Manchester United, although, yes, they've been playing better football, still in the middle of a rebuild that's been going on now since Ferguson left? Or do you think you could see him replace the likes of Lewandowski at Bayern Munich? I was literally just about to say, what, what about the German clubs such as your Bayern Munich? I think, I think Bayern Munich, for me, if I had to put money on it, depending on... It, it really does depend on the... Who City sign? Because City are going to be in for a striker in the summer. And I think, uh, we look at Harry Kane. Yes, he's a proven goal scorer in the Premier League. And I, I know we say about Big Fish and Little Bond. When he's not the centre point of that team, will he be able to cope with it? So all the, he, he gets glowing reviews from Southgate and Mourinho and Pochino and whatnot. So, um, I mean, if, if City go for Haaland, who's got resale value because he's young, um, will he go for his old manager? I think there is really only two moves for him. Paris Saint-Germain, go, go back and play under Pochettino, where he said he really enjoyed his football. Or Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich are guaranteed to win things. They're going to win the German League and the German Cup. And they're always in, in thereabouts with the Champions League, aren't they? They're always a semi-final. Mm. Um, Paris Saint-Germain are going to win the league every year. They don't always win the, the French Cup and they get to quarterfinals of the Champions League. And then they sort of fall apart a little bit. Uh, we might see a slight difference this year, but I think realistically, they're the two options, aren't they? They are the two options. But I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him at a Manchester United. Yes, I suppose. I, suppose. I think personally, he's the... That's the only other club I can see him playing at. But there's there's also part of me that thinks with, with some of the interviews and stuff that he's given, it would be Tottenham or nothing in, in England. Yeah. Just just the, just the vibe that you get. I know there was talks about him being at the Arsenal Academy and all that sort of stuff. But that was only up until about the, the age of, I think it was like 10 or 11, and then he went back to, to Tottenham. Yeah. So, personally, it would either have to be France, Germany, or United. They are the hmm. they are the only three. The only reason I, I I say against United is they want to keep Cavani. They've said that Cavani will want to be have some guarantees. That's what caused him problems moving to the UK in the first place when he went to Paris Saint Germain uh, from Napoli. He wanted guarantee that he would be the main striker. Um, so they've said they want to keep him. You've got Rashford, you've got Mason Greenwood, who are 
still young players. You've got Anthony Martial. So if they if they manage to keep Cavani, that gives them four strikers. I know Rashford and Rashford Martial and Greenwood seem to chop and change if they play on the right wing, the left wing, or up top. But who do United sell? Because then you bring Harry mm-hmm. Kane in, you've got five five strikers. That would be my concern. I can see Martial being the one that goes. Yeah, but then if, Pog- if Pogba goes, you go, mm, okay, you've got Bruno Fernandes there, but he's still sort of like a... They're not... Manchester United undoubtedly have got quality, but they're not scary anymore. When you used to come to play Manchester United, I used to remember going, oh, we're going to absolutely smash this week. I don't want to, I don't, can, I, I just want a buy. Can we just skip it and give them the three points and go, yeah, all right, happy days. I don't want to, I don't want to be there. Now you go, actually, unless, it could in, go either way. yeah, like when we played them, we mucked up. Um, but it was like they were there for the taking and I think they will, mm. under, under Solskjaer, they will be, but indefinitely. I just, I can't see them being, that, on their day, unbeatable. Really are they, have got quality players. <coughs> but will they win the Champions League? Will they win the Premier League? Actually, no, I don't think they will. Mm. No, I don't think they will. And that moves us on to Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. Were highly sought in the summer, allegedly, um, before COVID. Um, it wasn't this summer then, was it? It was the summer before. But do you think they will both stay at Liverpool? Yes. You do? Just because of the way the, um, of the, the economic climate due to COVID, I think it's going to have... Oh, I'd be very surprised if we do see any massive money transfers in the next season. Uh, again, because it will just be the the bare bones coming back into stadiums. So, granted, there will be some revenue coming back into the clubs. But I think I would be very surprised if they do leave. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because I know Barcelona were after, or there was talks about uh, Barcelona going after Salah and all that sort of stuff. But obviously, with everything that we've heard about them recently, it, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing much uh, transfer business for the time being. And just print some more money, wouldn't they? <laughs> print some more money. Um, and yeah, my not, one, I... my one last question of the night, and then it's over to you for whatever else you want to do. Jurgen Klopp. They're in a very bad position in the league. Yes, it could all change with a few results, but they're in a, they're, they're in a very low Premier League position. They look like they're going out of the Champions League. So if they don't get into, or they could get in Europa League, but they are in a worse position than they were when they sacked, when they sacked, when they sacked Brendan Rodgers. What? I know he, he did win a Premier League and he did win a Champions League. But at what point do they part ways with Jurgen Klopp? Or do they? So they are currently sitting in sixth um, on 52 points. So two points behind Chelsea, three points behind the mighty West Ham. Um, and four points behind Leicester. As you said, with the run of results towards the end of the season, change, and it may see them push back into the Champions League spots. Um, to be honest, I, I'm going to be completely honest here and going to say that I don't see the table changing much, or certainly the top six 
changing much over the next couple of weeks. I've got to be honest. Um, the see again, it's been such a higgledy piggledy season. Just with the the number of fixtures, or uh, sorry, the the rate in which the fixtures have been coming. So they've been coming thick and fast this season, obviously, because they've had to cram it in before the the Euros. Um, or yeah, the Euros. Now they did also pick up some key injuries. I know you can't use that as an excuse, um, but let's be honest: one of the best centre backs that the, the league has seen in recent years got injured very early in the season. And they've had other key injuries where they've had to kind of like put players in makeshift positions and all that sort of stuff. However, um, I do think that had they not been injured, then potentially they would have had a different season. I wouldn't necessarily say they were going to be champions of England, but they, I think, would be putting up more of a title challenge or a title defence mm-hmm. than what we have seen this season. Um, so I think once we start to see some of the players back, um, possibly towards the the beginning of next season. Again, I would see how they go in the first few games of next season, and potentially look at the position then. But in terms of a defence, it's been a bit of a damp squib of a performance from Liverpool. They've been very hit and miss. But we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next couple of certainly towards the start of next season. Mm. I think you then make your decision yeah. then. I do, I do think you hit on something there. Van Dyke, obviously, his injury. I mean, Jordan Pickford killed him, RIP. Um, May you rest in peace. Uh, I don't think he's going to come back as the same player. And and very, very rarely have we seen players come back from knee ligament damage injuries as the same player. They they, they do. Mm. they some, some do get their back to their best. Others, they're just never the same player again. Um, I think that goes down to one, the mentality of a player, two, the severity of the injury, three, the rehab. There's a lot of other factors that come into it. But mm-hmm. but Liverpool fans are not going to want six months of him getting back to his best. It's going to be all or nothing. We we know they're yeah. very they're very fickle. They wouldn't shut up when they won the the Champions League and the Premier League. Yet this season, no one's seen a Liverpool fan. <laughs> Looking, <laughs> look at all their games. Unless, unless they win. Unless, oh my but, god! But when you look, when you when you look in their stadium, no fans at all. Yeah, can't believe it. Not even a single person turns up, and that's that for me. Just says it all. Sums it up. I like that because you like proved me wrong. Prove me wrong. You can't. You can't. There is no one there. There's no one in any stadium, but certainly not at Anfield. Um, yeah. yeah, that is all from me this week. That is it from me. Uh, so we leave it there on a nice little joke about no one supporting Liverpool. Got no fans. Um, but until next week, I've been Ian. I've been Mike. Uh, we are FDT TV. Um, like to follow us on social media. It is in in the descriptions uh, for everything you can possibly follow us on. Um, and that's it. So hopefully we'll still be massive next week. Ha, ha, ha.